0: Today, we're honored to have Joel Green on the Confident Man podcast. Joel is the CEO of Pro Level Training. He's also the National Director of Nike Sports Camps. He's a former professional basketball player and a renowned motivational speaker. Now, Joel, after he retired from his career in professional basketball, he founded Pro Level Training, and he's grown that company to become a seven-figure company. He's an accomplished speaker and has spoken to thousands and also delivered his own TED Talk. Recently, he released his first book, Filtering, The Way to Extract Strength from the Struggle. In the book, Joel gives a lot of detail about the reality of his rough life growing up and how it motivated him and helped him become the man he is today. We talk about some of that in the conversation today. It's going to be a great conversation, and I hope it motivates you to push yourself and grow as a man. So let's jump in.
1: Welcome to the Confident Man Podcast, empowering men with the confidence they need to live their adventure. Now, here is your host, David Maxwell. All
0: right, everybody, welcome to the Confident Man Podcast. And uh, Joel, just want to say welcome to you. Glad to have you here today.
1: David, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So uh, why don't you kind of, Let's get started with you just kind of sharing a little bit of your story, Um, you know, life to professional basketball, now to the business world. Kind of give us a quick, how did that happen? And what kind of things kind of brought you to each of those decision points? You know, I'm going to do basketball. I'm going to do business. What were some of the things in your life that helped you make those decisions?
1: Well, I'll, I'll be honest, man. A lot of the decisions, the different ventures and industries that you just named, complete honesty many of them were distractions for me. Um, hmm. the perfect distraction, basketball was the perfect distraction for me, man. Hmm. Um, growing up, I grew up in Philadelphia, you could say impoverished, but man, I grew up in an abandoned house, you know, and just grew up in some harsh conditions, harsh environment. Yeah. Um, the house next door to us was also abandoned and A homeless guy lived there for as long as I lived in the house next door to them. Um, going to sleep to gunshots, hearing people yelling at night and you just, adapt to it and you just go to sleep in peace to it. It's as crazy yeah. as that sounds. I was 10 feet away from a shooting when I was six years old. You know, like I going through things like this, man. You need something to pull you away. You need something to distract you. You need something to give you hope, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, basketball, I would say was was <laughs> that thing that gave me that hope, that gave me a distraction, gave me a vision to where I said, oh, I can actually go somewhere doing something. Um, I used to get in trouble when I was younger, you know, before the age of 10, once I started playing basketball, you know, organized basketball, and I've been playing ball and love ball since I was three years old, since I saw this cheesy movie in the 80s called Teen Wolf, but, you know, once I got organized basketball, you know, into my life, it it really gave me something to work toward, you know, Hmm. it kept me doing okay in school, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. okay. I, I, The older I got, the better student I, I became, but, um, you know, it just gave me something to work hard for. And that's exactly what I needed. I needed a distraction and, you know, it just it began taking me to different places. And I just Do you think some of
0: the, did some of the coaches kind of speak into your life during that time? Some of the different coaches you had were the, were some of them good examples, some of them bad examples, things like that.
1: Definitely had some bad examples.
0: For yeah sure. you know,
1: yeah. um, you know, but I had some amazing examples as coaches, man, um, amazing ones. Two in particular, you know, uh, I went to two different high schools and one the school that I went to for my senior year, that coach, he was my seventh grade English teacher in middle school. He was trying to get me out to that school for a while. I just wasn't able to do it. And you know, the moment I played for him, I mean he he changed my life. he's he's an uncle to me now. Wow. You know, He just he helped me to believe in myself and just how to work hard. He let me know that I'm always being watched, which was important, you know, mm-hmm. because he kept me on my toes as far as keeping myself accountable. And that was a big thing for me to know that although I may have felt invisible many times, everyone still saw me. You know yeah. what I mean? I just felt like, OK, I'm just me, just being me. Like, no, everybody see you being you, so be on your toes. Mm -hmm. And that was an important lesson for me to learn. And he just helped me to believe in myself at the same time. And another coach I had that I actually won a national championship with in college, he he showed me how to break myself, right? How to reach my threshold, how to get to the point of failure uh on purpose. Mm -hmm. And that was a key thing for me because. I stopped minding failure. I stopped minding messing up because I realized I have to fail in order to get to my ultimate success. Like I have to, so he helped helped me to seek failure. And and in our different reps in the weight room room or, you know, on the basketball courts where we're going to like, cannot go to, I'm so exhausted to where I have to take a knee. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I'm like, he's literally pushing me to my threshold to where Today's threshold is tomorrow's bottom. And that's, I just kept growing, kept growing, kept growing. So I've had some amazing examples, man, for sure.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like that, that, because I love that story of kind of pushing yourself to that threshold so you can see what you can do, but then it becomes the foundation for that next. Do you think that was one of those life lessons that not only helped you in basketball, but you've kind of applied that to everything else you've done since?
1: I applied every day. I applied to everything, everything that I do to where I'm a very curious person at the same Mm -hmm. time. So I'm always trying to see what I'm capable of. You know, I'm I'm seeking out, okay, I know I can do some things. I've done some great things before, you know, but I wonder what I can do with this. Mm -hmm. I I keep that curiosity there. And as I'm seeking it, I'm working my behind off at the same time to see where this can take me within this lane that I'm focused on. So I applied every day. Whether I'm just reading up on something, I want to see how much I can find out in one 24-hour period. Like, how much mm-hmm. can I actually learn about this, this topic? And um, I apply it to everything that I do.
0: You also said something I thought was good about, you know, getting to that point of failure where you necessarily weren't so scared of failure because it means you were pushing yourself harder. Do you yeah. think some people struggle with that, where the fear of failure keeps them from really trying and giving their best?
1: Yeah, I mean, because even going back to what I said earlier, as far as people watching us, like mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing. That co- combined with failure is the most inhibiting thing. Us knowing that we can fail in front of others and others will see it and maybe critique it that keeps us from even making any moves at all that Mm. makes us procrastinate or literally stand still and do nothing. So that no question has helped me to say, don't worry about what anyone thinks of your movements, because in the end, you are trying to succeed, you know, for yourself. And hopefully your success can also help some others, Mm -hmm. but absolutely, man. It it holds a lot of people back because they, they, they don't want to feel less than they don't want to feel imperfect um because there's already enough life telling us that we're imperfect there's already enough different structures and things systems in place that highlights our imperfections we don't want to go ahead and pursue our own imperfections and have those highlighted from our own doing yeah so you know i I think that once people become a little bit more comfortable with even the potential of failing they'll move toward things that much more more often
0: Mm -hmm. So did that help you? Because I've, I've I've heard people, I've read books and talked to people who, when they make the junk from college to pro, mm-hmm. whatever sport it is, they said it's just, it's a completely different world. And to make that adjustment is a lot to them. And because you're around the yeah. best of the best.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, yeah. and you, you know, you're going from boys to men. It, it, it's yeah. Just, yeah. Literally, all of a sudden you go from playing against guys who may be your same age, a year or two older or younger to guys who are 10 years older and 10 years stronger than you. Yeah. You know, and um, it's, it's a big, a big, you know, uh, a big change.
0: Mm-hmm. So did you find that mentally you had to kind of make that shift to where, you know, I'm going to give it all, even if this guy makes me look silly because that's how I learn things like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that was the thing uh, and, and for me, the way I took it and I saw it was I had nothing to lose. Yeah. Now obviously there's still pressure on me to perform because I may be highly highly touted in this or that area. So if I'm going against somebody, I'm still expected to do well. But I didn't see it that way. I just yeah. I didn't have anything to lose in my eyes. If I'm playing against somebody that's older, stronger, more popular, whatever you want to say, yeah, I love that because now if I do well against you, I get to bite off of your fame a little bit. I'm just being honest, you know, yeah, I get to actually yeah. build my rep off of yours because I can, I play well against you. So I welcomed the quote unquote better competition. Mm. I'm like, oh, perfect. I get to go against the champ tonight. And yeah. hopefully people can see me as a champ if I, you know, beat them.
0: Yeah, and do it that way. That's great. That's a great attitude to have, because some people would approach that and be very insecure about it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, no, I'm going against this person who's the yeah. most famous and everybody knows who he is. But I like shifting the mindset on that, that. Hey, I got nothing to lose. Got people it. don't expect me to do exactly. great against him. So if I do, hey, I'll be the one that ESPN talks about, exactly. you know, and do it that way. Well, how did that? I know you made the shift from basketball to business mm-hmm. um, at the at the end of, of basketball. What made you kind of decide that's what you wanted to do? Um, because I know you've done multiple things in business. What kind of made you decide you want to get into that?
1: Well, I mean, I, I've always had a entrepreneurial, you know, spirit, you know, mm-hmm. just even as a child. I, I would create things. I made my own board game when I was younger. I made A number of things to keep myself entertained, you know, just a lot of creativity just kind of spewed from me to keep myself busy. Yeah. And even as a pro, when I was playing in Europe, I got my business license. I knew that I wanted to get into business at some point sooner than later, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a hiccup that I had along the way professionally that gave me the perfect reason to pursue hey let me try this thing out i have my license already have an idea of what i want to do let me try it out you know it was during well kind of during the off season i said let me give this a shot and see if it can go anywhere and i was getting married at the same time i said you know what let me go for it perfect opportunity and so it may have been the perfect opportunity but it was such an imperfect journey man it it was tough i went through depression you know, because I'm like, I have to sit still. This is weird. This is awkward. I'm used to a, an adrenaline rush and just being able to compete. You know, I experienced anxiety mm. for the first time. You yeah. know, I didn't know what it was. I'm like, what am I going through? What is this that I feel? I had to go to the doctors because I didn't know, truly. I didn't know mm. what this feeling was. You know, I felt yeah. like I could handle pressure. This is what I've been bred for as an athlete. But this was a different type of, you know, pressure and, and anxiety. and. um it was tough. It was tough, mm-hmm. but you know, I stuck it out and just continued to to build up what I had on the side of getting a regular job. You know, as you want to call yeah. it, you know, working in a call center. You know, for goodness' sake, and you know, and just doing these things that was it was humbling for me. You know, I'm yeah. I'm six eight, man. So it's like you go from being, you know, this adored basketball player in different cities or countries or whatever the case is, to all of a sudden I'm I'm being yelled at in a call center. By someone about their portfolio, their portfolios, you know, yeah. out of whack. Yeah. So it was a humbling experience, man. But, you know, I, I just kept telling myself, it's going to work out. Just mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing to build up your business at the same time. And, you know, I went through multiple internships. I became a trainer, got these certifications, all these things, man. A teacher's assistant. I did whatever I could do yeah. to, to learn, to continue to grow, and to also contribute those things toward my business. Mm-hmm. You know, and over a decade later, you know, this is what I do full time.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great story. Now, one of the things I know that you like to do is help people deal with to stop kind of trying to live from a false narrative um, where they kind of build things up in your mind. So explain, explain to, to my guys out there what what you mean by a false narrative uh, when someone's trying to live from that false narrative in their mind.
1: Well, again, for me, man, accountability matters, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a huge thing for me. And I feel that so many of us, we adopt so much of what we see as opposed to, you know, who we need to be. Yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's, it's we, we again, social media brings about so much self-pressure that we put on ourselves just from what we perceive and what we see. We think we ought to live up to that. Or, may, you know, because maybe people won't like me because they see all the men looking this way on social media. Or maybe the women won't like me because they see all these, these nice looking men. It's like, so we think those things, we put the pressure on ourselves to become those people that we see. We're not even being ourselves. And mm. I think it's so easy for many of us to do that because we know if things don't work out, we get to blame somebody. Because we're not being ourselves anyway. We get to actually wow. blame somebody that we've been acting like the whole time. and. That's internally, we know we're not being ourselves. We can mm-hmm. feel it. You know, we know mm-hmm. our feelings. Nobody else knows our feelings outside of us, like how we truly feel inside. But we know when we're, you know, fronting, faking, or whatever you want to call it. And it's a, it's a tough thing to have to accept when you finally look in the mirror and say, man, it's not even me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm big on just letting people know, look, give yourself some time to figure out who you are. Because yeah. if you don't, begin defining yourself, you'll let literally let the world define you. And the moment they critique you, you may either believe it or you'll become so offended by it because you actually might think they're right because you haven't given yourself time to truly learn who you are. If you yeah. learn who you are and you've given yourself that type of time, you'll get less offended when people talk about who you are.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I, I like that. I think it's powerful what you talked about, the, the self-pressure we put on ourselves and then you said something I thought was great. It gives us someone to blame or something yeah. to blame other than ourselves. Why do you think we tend to do that where it's we create a persona, but it's also a safety valve because then it's yeah. not me. it's that persona. Is that right. kind of what you mean? Yeah,
1: I mean, scapegoating is like the most comfortable thing to do, right? It's yeah. like it's by default we t- we kind of we oh it's because it's because. Be- all these becauses, right? It's like, yeah. come on, no. Yeah. It is it's so such a comfortable place mm-hmm. to live. And I I know that cuz I've done it, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not speaking because I'm, I've read about, you know, I've done it. Yeah. And I knew what I was doing each time I did it. And and I could tell that anytime I'm talking about a reason or giving a reason that doesn't include myself, I am more than likely making an excuse mm-hmm. because I'm talking about something that's related to me. And I don't say anything about myself, but as I'm explaining this situation that went wrong, Oh, it has to be an excuse. I must be scapegoating because I'm included in every situation I'm a part of.
0: Do you think as you went through that period, you said from moving from basketball to business where you were doing Multiple jobs, you know, kind of learning and figuring yourself out. Do you think that was part of you kind of defining yourself once basketball kind of took the back road now?
1: For sure, man. Because, you know, I went, I became insecure, you know, Mm -hmm. for a good period of time. Like, okay, who am I? I know I'm more than an athlete. I know it for for a fact, but in what way? You know, I began questioning, you know, I didn't question my intellect or intelligence, but I, I questioned where. I was going, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I have a degree in psychology. I know what I know, but it doesn't seem like everyone cares to receive what I know and, and cares to apply my knowledge to the industry. I was getting rejected yeah. from jobs. I knew I, I should be getting, I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. they don't care about anyone that has a psychology degree, you know, over here, over there. And I'm like, yeah. wow, okay. Um, So I, I began questioning myself in different ways that I never had before. I always felt Secure, you know, and just confident in who I was as a man, um, you know, as a student, as an athlete, whoever. But man, I I went through some changes. It was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I gotta really find ways to level up. And so, what really helped me, and and this this may help a number of others, it has with those I've spoken to from the stage. But what just helped me level up was I wrote everything out as far as what I wanted to do.
0: Hey guys, I hope you got a lot out of this interview so far. I know I did. Talking with Joel was great. And we're going to continue this conversation next week. We actually went a little long in our time. So I'm going to break it up into two episodes because I want you to really dig into everything that Joel has to say to us as men. Um, I think that the challenges we face, how to overcome, how to walk in accountability, how to hold ourselves accountable, those are some incredible things. I've also put all of Joel's information in the show notes. Check out his website. Check out his new book, Filtering the Way to Extract Strength from the Struggle. I think it'll really give you some insights into maybe some things you need to do to overcome some of the struggles you're having. Instead of blaming, instead of finding something or someone to blame, you start looking within and saying, okay, what can I do as a man to grow and to be better? So check it out and we'll see you next week.
1: You've been listening to the Confident Man Podcast. Click subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. You can connect with David on Facebook and Instagram at David Find resources to help you as a man at theconfidentman.me. That's theconfidentman.me.